music's going to show us the worthy one. first thought that went through my head was, oh, Lord, no. <laughs> um, so, uh, but then God quickly put the idea of, and just the word remembrance on my heart, heavily and aggressively over and over and over again, and has just done that to the point where I haven't been able to sleep well for the past couple of nights. It's just been there. And, and I have gone through with my wife, Sunny, and, uh, and just and myself sat here and probably gone through seven different iterations of what I wanted to say up here. Um, and all of that goes right back to the idea of remembrance for me. I, I, I went back to the Bible a couple of times and I realized there's so much. Uh, we tend to focus on the Last Supper itself and then what followed that, the, the crucifixion and resurrection. But at the same time, there and the disciples tell us there's so much that Jesus did in his life that there wouldn't be enough paper for it, right? And that this moment of remembrance that we've been doing as a family for centuries, right? We have had this moment, this moment to acknowledge and celebrate the love that God has for us, the closeness that he is to us, I'm sitting here and holding this, and I've seen myself holding this cup for the past couple of days, thinking to myself, he's closer to me. His love is closer to me in every moment than this cup is to my fingertips. And that I could, I can sit down and be quiet or be in a room full of people, and that this moment can mean something different each time. That someone can come up here and speak to us about it differently each time they come up here. And for me... I sit here and I think back on the presence of God and what Jesus brought to us, all of his teachings and the love and the deliverance and the presence and the saving of us. Like there was a complete just restoration and love that we have access to. Um, I mean, he, he set an example for us. I mean, you can, I mean, the, the, the deliverance from sickness and, and death and addiction and depression and anxiety and giving us the authority to walk in and say, stop, leave. And I, I personally have fought that for years, just riddled with anxiety and depression. And the realization through a mentor and my wife and just authors and time sitting there realizing that whenever those horrible moments come up to have a moment and say, just stop. I'm not meant for this. Like, this isn't the life he has for me. And, and having these, these moments, this moment that we've been celebrating since that supper to sit here and recognize that. And the fact we've continued to do it, even if you don't know really anything about the Bible, even if you can't read, you can celebrate and acknowledge that love. Not just that sacrifice, but the life and the continued presence of God. Just the aggressive, as I experienced here recently, aggressive 
love that he has for us that we can't, we struggle to describe. People are still writing books trying to figure it out. <laughs> I mean, there's only so many words and we keep just spending them on trying to break it down. So with that, I know it is the custom for us to read through I've chosen Luke 22, 19, and 20 to do this, so. Oh, thank you, Lord. He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. You'll give me just a moment. I'm going to do that with you guys, but I'm holding the cell phone and the microphone. Then after supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement with my blood. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Which is poured out as a sacrifice to you. something that you guys ended up saying or we're going down that route if you don't know that love if you don't know that presence and that feel trapped um, and that addiction anxiety depression which is crippling and can make you feel not not worthy I can tell you I've, I've, I've battled a lot and I'm standing up here It's fine. It was done after a meal, right? So I can have a little bit of a break. <laughs> and just have a moment and sit, right? Okay, excellent. Well, we didn't take five or anything. If you feel trapped in it, buried by it, weighted down by it, if you feel the weight of it on you, you can come talk to me. I've, I've, I've seen and experienced a lot more than it looks like I have and come out the other side. I'm being invited to come up here in this beautiful, loving family and lead communion and be invited into households in here and just loved on and everything. I mean, you need to know that everyone in this room would be happy to love on you. So I know at the tail end, a lot of people at the crosses or during this, if you feel compelled to go up and just talk to somebody and start asking questions or just get a hug, you can have that. 
loads of people in here are huggers, and they'll just sit there and hold on to you for 10 minutes if you need it, if not more. So just thank y'all. Love y'all. Let's go on to works and ways. Let's just declare who our God is. Thank you, Jesus. You're so holy.
Father, um, I've been in prayer this morning before I got here, but uh, as I stood there, he kept wanting me to remind people of Amos 7-7 about the plumb line. I don't know if any of you know that as you're building uh, anything, any structure, uh, you've got to put the plumb line down and let the the gravity, uh, the the heavy instrument on the string has to go straight. And that foundation is structurally important for everything to line up to have a great foundation. And uh, I feel the Lord is saying, you know, some of you see it swinging and it hasn't landed quite straight yet. But he says that yes, I want the plumb line straight. It's a measurement to us as his people to live within a godly line there. And he is uh, commissioning in this church. He's got the plumb lines. It was showing me plumb lines all over. So our structure is so strong because at east, west, north, and south, Uh, the plumb lines are falling and therefore we are going to be a strong body with that structure that isn't easily moved because it it had the foundation straight. So I thank the Lord this morning uh, to give us this word that he loves us so much that he's going to give us these words to continue the ministry that is so powerful here. I praise his holy name. Amen.
Jesus goes to a dinner party. Dinner. Uh, Jesus had become pretty famous, and there was a really special guy that invited him over to the house. So they're having a dinner party. But the special guy, the host, the homeowner, he didn't particularly greet Jesus in any special way. He just kind of let him in. But do you remember the prostitute? The prostitute came in, and she fell, fell at his feet. Um think about the homeowner for a minute Jesus passed through his home and he was not moved but the prostitute who knew who she was had no misunderstanding but she also knew who he was and fell at his feet washed his feet you remember the story I just was over there and I was picturing what it might have been for that lady at his feet the the washing the cleansing the newness of life that flowed through her from a dark past to a whole new life because of Jesus. But this homeowner who doesn't even, you're just having a dinner party, invited a special guy, Jesus, never touched, never touched. I think there's a lesson there to just be in his feet. Like, like Jim Ward is the prostitute, okay? I'm undone, like the song said. We are undone. We need him. We need him every day to keep washing us and making us whole. Um, I want to go back to the word that uh, Judith gave about the foundation. You know, the Bible says we're supposed to be a peculiar people. And it would be real peculiar if... Jesus hadn't already provided for us in that foundation. I mean, we're just pour out, we're to pull out of that foundation, that spirit in us, and walk in health. We're to get our bills paid on time and have more to help. That would make us a peculiar people. And the Bible says in uh, Proverbs 18 that a man having separated himself seeks and intermeddles with all wisdom. And the translations of that scripture sometimes say that the guy's standing against sound wisdom. But what he's standing against is what his body's telling him. He's standing against human wisdom because our wisdom that we have is far above that. And we have to speak to our bodies. See, Jesus, by his stripes, he were healed. But in Matthew, it says that when he healed people and took their infirmities, that that fulfilled part of that scripture. And then the stripes on his back fulfilled the rest of it. When he said it, it was finished. Everything that we need to be a physical success, healed, prosperous, wisdom to walk through our days, that was done. 
Then he went into hell, beat the devil again because he'd been beating him all along and gave us the authority to speak what he's done back here on this cross and in his life and to walk in that in our todays. And so the foundation is laid and the plumb line, we just have to agree with it and that plumb line will stop for you. It'll stop. Okay, I have to say what I was thinking because it goes with what you said. When Eric read the, the scripture and it said, the blood was the, like there was an agreement made and the blood was the confirmation. The confirmation was in the blood. So we have covenant, we have confirmation, we have the assurance of what was done in the agreement. What then is our responsibility? To simply agree. Simply agree with what was accomplished by the blood and walk in that by faith. And there will be a plumb line everywhere we put our feet because we're agreeing with God. We're agreeing with the blood. Let's just come into agreement with that right now in the spirit. Thank you, God, for unity. We all come into agreement with the shedding of your blood and the purpose, the finished work of the cross, Jesus. We have seen you and we love you. We have seen that you are good. Just sing that chorus, Weston. I have seen you. I have seen you. I've been Let's be a people undone.
little things that don't matter but that love if you're really truly loving then that conquers that it keeps no record of wrongs it doesn't gloat over other people's things I've sat out on my deck watching boats go by saying Lord I wish I had that and I was, I, honestly, I was envious. But I don't dislike that person because they have that. It's good to have goals. So as I paddle around my little canoe, because God knows that's what I need. I'm a happy camper because I'm binding with Him in the Spirit in nature that He created. This morning in Kingdom class, Ginger was talking about the cycle of water. Our love is like that cycle as it comes down from the Father into our hearts and it goes out to others. Others send it up to the Father and it just cycles right back around. And that's the way the love should be. We should be giving it away. Not to get more, but we will whether we want to or not because when you're giving it, God gave us back. And I, I just really appreciate that he loves me the way he does, even who I am. And he loves all of us like that.
and speaks. Sometimes it stops me from saying what I think I'm supposed to say. <laughs> and he fills my ears and my heart with what he wants to say through other people. And it all kind of lines up. And I absolutely love that. So much was said. And the key to all that is love. If we could understand how much we are loved, and it's so easy to love other people, if you could just understand that, that he loved us first. And allow that love to come in and saturate you and heal you and fix everything that's broken and establish a plumb line and establish everything that we're trying to do. And then do what he's called us to do outside these walls because this is not about a church. So allow that to fill you up. So this morning, even though worship's for him, like we, we come to worship him, right? So, so this is all for him. I think when you worship him the way that um, he loves to be worshiped, he's going to turn around and start just feeding you and saturating you and giving you things and that's the freedom of what we have here so i thank you all for being obedient this morning and just being filled up and listening to him and his voice so father we thank you for that hmm. we thank you that you get to have your way all the time here we thank you that you'll never leave us or forsake us you'll always be here lord you love us and we thank you for that Father, we just love you back. We love you too, Lord. We love you too. Come on, that's it. We just, we just love you too. I think some of you need to hear that this morning. Just hear his voice telling you how much he loves you. And it doesn't matter what you've been through, what you're going through. He loves you. He loves you. And all you got to do is say, I love you too. So, Father, we just ask you to continue to have your way. Touch each heart in this house. Father, you know the ones that are heavy. You know the ones that, are, that came in with something this morning. So we pray you just have your way in them, Lord, and that they can leave what they brought in here. Leave it here today. And walk out in a fresh freedom, a fresh love, a, a new step. Mm. Yeah, Lord. So we just thank you for that. We just love you. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everybody said amen. Amen. Come on, you can clap, you know. You know, it's not always going to be a, a cheering and a jumping and a clapping. Sometimes it's just a moment to sit there and let him just love on you. Let him massage you. Let him just saturate you. Mm. We gotta let him do that because he loves us that much. So I want to bless our children today as we get prepared to transition. Um, and let's just pray over our kids today. Let's all just join in in prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you for these kids. We thank you for the next generation. We thank you for what you're doing in them and through them. So, Father, we ask you to touch them, bless them today, give them wisdom and knowledge. Be with, be with the teachers. Be with. Be with our children's ministry this morning, Father, and just, man, just 
Let these kids know how loved they are. Mm, just let them know how loved they are. So, Father, have your way in everything they do. In Jesus' name. I think we're going to, yeah, we're just going to receive offering. I think it's a great opportunity. We're in worship, and that's part of worship. So, um, we're going to give this morning. Um, so, we'll have opportunities to give on the screen, and we'll have baskets up here if you want to give up here. so good mm. I love the fact that we have a house that gives I truly do I love the fact that we don't teach a whole bunch on giving all the time but people give um, I like to call it giving I like to call it offering I don't really like to speak about the tithe said so I want to repeat it because when it when I heard it it just kind of hit me in the chest because it's happened I, first off let, let me let me let me first kind of start this off by saying I love people that give and I love to give I used to have people come up and ask me all the time about a tithe and do I tithe on on the net or the gross or all that stuff. And what I heard that just really hit me in the heart, because I want you to understand this, is that I love that people give. But if you're asking those questions, it's because you want to give the bare minimum. You wouldn't ask that question if you weren't trying to say, well, how much am I, am I supposed to give? I'm trying to just reach this bare, like, what can I do to give that I feel like I've done my part? And this is why I don't get to receive offering all the time. Because I believe you throw that out the door. Throw it out. I don't, that's why I don't talk about tithing. Throw that out the door. Because if you actually gave what God asked you to give, you probably wouldn't have much left. Because I'm pretty sure he wasn't saying that about his son. When he said, how much am I supposed to give? Can I give the bare minimum? Hmm. Amen. So that's why I don't talk about that because I think in our hearts we want to give and sometimes we find a way to give what we can and sometimes I think we can give more I love the fact that we have a family that when there's a need we give there's all kinds of ways to give so I just consider it giving and I want and I, man maybe that was supposed to prick somebody this morning quit trying to figure it out quit trying to figure out what's going to benefit you the most just give what God puts on your heart. Mm. I know the trustees are in here, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I look, just give what God puts on your heart. You'll be amazed at what that is. Don't, you don't need a calculator. You don't need to try to figure this thing out. God puts it on your heart. You walk in obedience and you give it. And guess what? That's enough. That's enough. Because he can take that and multiply and do whatever he wants with it. I know, it's just one more step of legalism that I'm trying to wash out. And I just want people... So anyway, I want to I pray over the offering this morning. 
So, Father, <laughs> those are your words, and I, I love you. And I thank you for this family. I thank you that we have a family that loves to give. And because of that, Lord, we get to do so many things. So many things because of that. We're reaching a city because of that. We're reaching schools because of that. We're reaching countries because of that. And it's always enough. So I thank you for that. I thank you, Lord, that just Tuesday, Ryan got to go to a meeting for us to, to get out there and start our prison worship. So guess what? That's happening. We can't do that without giving. But he's opening doors, and I'm not worried about it. Our answer is yes. And I believe God's going to prick each and every one of us. He's going to tell us what to give, and that's going to be plenty to do what he wants us to do. So I'm just excited over that one because that's been a yes waiting to come for several years. So if you're interested in that, let us know. because We got stuff coming up possibly September or October. We'll be... Uh, we'll find ourselves doing what we've always wanted to do. And I'm especially fond of it because I think one of them we were talking about was the place in Elmore, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm on a mission. God showed me a vision of me worshiping with somebody. And we're going to do it. And it's going to happen. And it happens because you guys are willing to walk in obedience and do what he asked you to do. Oh, man. Man, I just messed up. I said I wasn't going to cry today. Didn't I say that in kingdom class? I was like, come on. Ah. But man, there are, I'm telling you, oh, thank you, Lord. I'm just going to so touch it, Lord. You already have a plan for everything. Everything that's being given, you already worked it out. You already figured out how it's going to be spent, how we're going to do it, Lord. I see the chains breaking. I just see so many things happening because of this family and their willingness. So, Father, just bless this, bless this gift this morning. We love you. We can't do it without you. Oh, we give it all to you, Lord. Have your way. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen. Guys, we're going to take a little break, get some, get some water or something. We'll be right back.
Good morning. <laughs> I like that shirt, brother. Just letting you know, that's good. I miss Patty. That sounds better. There we go. I'm good. Can we give it up for the production team this morning? We love you guys. Thank you so much. Oh, man, it's a good, good morning. How's everybody doing? All right. Some of you are good. That's good. The ones that are good, hug on everybody else. And I feel like we just spent a whole bunch of time together. We had a phenomenal ceremony yesterday to celebrate 50-year anniversary of Mike and Sharon. Come on, that was awesome. So... And look, y'all, I just thought we didn't dress up for church because we didn't have clothes. <laughs> I saw y'all dress up. We can look good now. No. <laughs> I just don't know how I could actually preach in something like that. Ugh, I can't raise my hands. I don't, I don't get it, but it was good. Um, but good morning, y'all. Uh, welcome to the Gathering Place. I absolutely love you guys. Thanks for being here. Um, if you're new here, do me a favor. Fill out a uh, 
Connect card, you can do that online. You can do that out at the connection point. We've got some hard copies for you. You can scan that thing. Let us know you're here. We just want to pray for you. We want to answer any questions, whatever that is. So um, just take some time, fill that out. We can't do it if you don't let us know you're here. Um, Just an honor to have everybody. If you want to know more information about who we are, you can go to our, uh, download our app, get that. That's actually important. A lot of good information there. You can simply go online to our website, but we'd love to have you um, just find out more information about us, and then you can come talk to us and ask questions, and we're here. But welcome to the family, because that's what this is. So welcome to the family. Good to have y'all. Um, quick announcements. I'm going to run through some quick announcements. Um, Kingdom classes every single Sunday at 9 o'clock. Uh, come on out. Today was uh, just awesome with Science and Faith with Ginger, and she just she's a scientist. <laughs> it's good stuff. <laughs> that was really good. I, I, yeah, I was just, I was blown away. Just love it all the time. So next, next Sunday, uh, nine o'clock, we have, why do we blow the show far? Once again, look, we want to do, we want to, some people get uncomfortable in worship settings because they see things like flags and shofars and all this and people dancing and people sitting and, and they want to know what's right, what's wrong. It's all right. It's all right. But, but we want to teach you that. Because if you don't teach that, it's hard for people to understand that. A lot of people just think it's, they've never seen it before, so they just assume it's weird. Well, we are supposed to be weird a little bit. <laughs> That's good. So we're going to teach that. So uh, Mike's going to teach on the shofar next Sunday, 9 o'clock. Be in there. Uh, be ready. I think, are you bringing a shofar for everybody to blow? Oh, yeah. <laughs> He'll pass it around. Good. That's what, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, and then on the 27th, building your people immunity with Jeff and Pam uh, through identity. Love it. People immunity through identity. There it is. Awesome. Uh, but look, nine o'clock every Sunday. Be over there. It's amazing. I uh, look forward to that. Come on out on Monday nights for prayer. We love prayer. That's what it's all about. Uh, every Monday night, 6, 6 p.m. right here. Every Wednesday night, our children's and student ministry. Look, your kids are back in school. Things are happening. But man, they can't do life alone and get them surrounded by people that love them and other kids that have the same goals and visions and are on the same way path and everything's going to work good. So get them out here six o'clock every Wednesday. Um, we also have our food pantry uh, drop. Look, if you don't know this, we always celebrate on the fourth Thursday of every month. We go out for a big food drop. Uh, but the same welcome center every single Thursday, they give away food. Every single Wednesday, they prepare food. So if you're ever off work early in the morning and you don't go to work till nighttime or you ever want to be part of this, every Wednesday and Thursday, um, Brother Mike in the back waves so they can see you. He is part of the board of that pantry now. So he represents us, the gathering place uh, on the board for the, for the food pantry. He has tons of information about that. If you're curious about that, please talk with him and get, get, get that information. It's amazing. Um, look, praise in the park, August 26th. I'm telling you guys, look, every time it's a buildup, it's a buildup, it's a buildup. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. We have six different uh, churches represented on the worship team. Uh, that's powerful. That's awesome. Uh, the vision of unity is coming in. It's absolutely amazing. So we look to see everybody there on the 26th. Um, we have uh, um, small groups are going to be starting up again. You know, we, we don't, uh, we do a lot of family time. Uh, we call them small groups, the same concept. It's just get out and do life with people other than at the church. Um, so basically we're going to do our leadership training on the 27th. 
on a Sunday. Rally day is going to be on the third. What rally day is, is everybody that wants to host a small group, we set it up in the annex next door. You get to come in, read about what's going on, and sign up. Here's the point. Do life with people. Just don't show up on a Sunday. Let's get out there and eat food. You know, let's do life together. Let's have fun together. Let's do things and let's grow together as a family. Uh, That's what these groups are for. Um, They start on the 4th. But anyway, if there's anybody that wants to uh, host a group, you want information about that, let us know and we can guide you in that. But we look forward to seeing everybody start thinking about that. I, I really believe that God put something on somebody's heart in here and we don't have a group in that because you hadn't done anything with it. Every time you read the list and you're like, well, they ain't got this, and this is what I really want, then lead it. God put it on your heart, lead it. Quit saying that you just can't do it because no one else is doing it. Lead it. Um, And it's amazing. Some of the best groups I've seen have one or two people show up, and you get to talk and, and get to know each other. Uh, it's amazing. So, and then our family picnic, we're doing a family picnic at the YMCA in Prattville, September 10th, right there. Come on. So, Come on out. We have swimming, uh, all kinds of fun stuff, basketball. Um, we're going to take down the students once again. Once again, we're going to take down the students in basketball. So I have challenged them. Um, but we're going to come out and have a good time. Bring your favorite dish. Uh, we're going to hang out as family. Do life. It's right after church. It's on a Sunday. So there's one good thing about that. It starts at 2. So I got to get you out of here before 2. It was a great decision. I love it when we came up with that. Staff was like, hey, let's do it. Let's do it after church. Then, then we got to get out of church. So there it is. Two o'clock, Sunday the 10th, uh, family picnic. Let's, we're going to spend the whole day together. And I look forward to that. All right. Let me pray. And then uh, we'll see what happens. Father, we love you. And we thank you, Lord. I thank you for today. I thank you just for your love and what you want to do in this house and through us and in us. And Lord, we just ask you to, to have your way. Continue to do it. Touch my lips, Lord. Let it be all of you, none of me. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Well, uh, we are back. We were gone last week, and we, got, we were actually up uh, in Gadsden, up at uh, Nakalula Falls, but we were up there, and last Sunday, we got to spend the Sunday at the well in Gadsden. It's a church up there, a church family. Uh, Brother Blake is the pastor up there. Phenomenal family. If you're ever in Gadsden and you're there on a Sunday and you want to be part of a family that's like our family here, that's the church. Go to the well, man. Phenomenal people doing amazing things. So Jules and I got to be up there and, uh, and Ava, and we got to spend time with them and um, just be part of another service, which was really awesome. So I uh, felt really at home being there. So just wonderful people. So if you're ever up in that area, go see them. So thank you, Kevin, for sharing last week with the family. I don't know where Kevin went. Thank you, though, Kevin. Crystal, thank you for keeping Kevin in, in order last week. Uh, appreciate that. <laughs> He's running around doing stuff. That's Kevin. Uh, but thank you so much. Um, he did mention some things that was kind of neat. Oh, today, I don't know, I really, it's been a funny day. So God started doing something this morning in me and started pulling stuff out of me that I wasn't sure how I was going to talk about it. But so it's coming all back to kind of what we experienced last week. And I'm going to kind of tie it into that. Last week, we were up when we got up to Gaston, we got we were in our camper, so we took our camper up there. We were staying at the the campground, um, and a tornado came through while we were there. So it was 
fun. Like, we, we've, we've been in tornadoes before. In fact, we had the one that came through Marbury went through our backyard. So, um, so a tornado came through and kind of did a lot of destruction, and the, the camper was shaking a little bit. We had tree limbs down, and we had other campers that lost awnings, and we were just like, wow. This happens everywhere we go. It's like it's following us, uh, these storms that come in and follow us. And so I was thinking about that, um, and I started realizing that um, sometimes when a storm kicks up, you forget that you've been in a storm before. Like we were all outside, and everybody kept saying, hey, uh, there's a lot of red stuff coming through. So immediately in my head, I'm like, man, I got to put in the awnings. I got to do this. And I'm like, well, what's it going to be like in a camper? And all of a sudden I'm like, I'm thinking in my head, there's, we should create some kind of thing for a camper that like shoots into the ground and it like locks it down. So I'm going in a whole different direction. And, and I completely forgot that I've been in a tornado before. Completely forgot. Completely forgot that when we were in that, I went outside in the middle of the storm and started speaking to it. Against my wife's advice. Then I heard the Holy Ghost say, get in here. <laughs> but I forgot that he got us through that storm. I forgot that when that storm hit, even though it was a moment of fear, that he got us through that. So I'm literally in this other storm and immediately my mind started going to, man, we are in a camper and I've got my family and this thing's coming through and all of a sudden it starts to happen quick. All of a sudden the trees are moving and I'm going. Then I had to calm down for a second and go, I've been in this before and he's been in it with me before and I got to remember who's in the storm with me more than I got to worry about the storm that's around me. Does that make sense? And, I, and I've shared some stuff like this before, but this is what God really put on my heart because we start, fear comes in and what we start to do is we start trying to figure out how are we going to protect ourselves? Get what I'm saying. What can I do to protect myself? And he's like, I got you. If you would just search for me in the storm, I've got you. Um, look, storms in life are going to happen. And the key to getting through a storm in life is proximity. The key to getting through a storm in life is how close you are to him, how close your walk is with him. So if you find yourself in storms in life and things seem like they're chaotic, it's because your proximity to him is probably not where it needs to be. Okay? And so I, I took me back to the, to the military. I started thinking of proximity because uh, I really wanted to find that. Um, and understand what it is. So proximity is, is nearness in space, time, or relationship. Proximity, nearness in space, in time, and in relationship. And I was an electrician on planes for a long time, and we used to have these switches. Every plane had a switch, and they were, a, they were like a toggle switch or a plumb switch. Uh, uh, and when something would shut, it would push that switch shut, and it would activate something. Well, then they got smart, and they came out with proximity switches which are amazing. You, you use them all the time. You use them in your, uh, um, any kind of security system at your house, security, you know, it's when something comes in a proximity to something, there's a magnet in there that says you're good, you're close enough, and I can read the signal and I can hear it. And it, it, you don't even have to have a physical touch with it. It's just, you're in proximity enough for, for it to recognize what you were. And we did that on planes. And I was thinking, man, this is powerful. Lord, you're taking me back to planes, which I love to talk about maintenance. And I love to talk about planes. Um, and then he showed me the, the whole proximity switch on a, uh, you know, your security system. And it threw all that out the door. 
because it's not as cool when I talk about it on a, on a, on a door or a window. Uh, but it's this proximity. Proximity is the answer to a lot of things. It's our proximity, our nearness, our closeness, our relationship with him that will get us through the storms in life. And it's not only... It, it, I would say not only the storms. I would say your, your proximity is the answer to a lot of the storms. It's also an answer to a lot of your pain. It's an answer to a lot of your purpose. It's an answer to a lot of everything, a lot of promise in your life. You're like, but I've had promises in my life that haven't come true. Check your, check your proximity. Where are you in relationship to him? And those promises will come up as you get closer to him. Okay, so a lot of things, everybody wants what everybody else has, but then if you want what everybody else has, sometimes you gotta do what everybody else does. It's easy to look around and go, but that person's got favor on their life. Well, no, but they're in close proximity to something. They're walking with somebody at a whole nother level. So how can you expect to receive what somebody else gets if you're not walking out the same walk they're walking? Right? It's easy to sit around and just judge. But man, start looking at what's happening in people's lives and then start wondering, why is that happening to them? And then you start understanding this proximity is huge. We see it. I see it in people all the time. I get to be close to people in here. I see them in prayer. I see them all over the place. And then I see amazing things happening in their life. And I'm like, this is awesome. Then I see other people that are like, well, nothing's happening. <laughs> and I go, well, I, I don't see much. And I'm not saying that that's necessary. I mean, you can have close proximity to him and not be in here. You understand that? So this is not a be in church or, you know, or the devil will get you. You saw the sign. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there's got to be a closeness in your life. There has to be a built-in relationship in your life. There has to be something in your life in proximity to him that is going to help direct what's happening to you. It's going to get you through the storms. In John 15, 4, John 15, 4 says, Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Yay. Abide. It means um, in you. Um, it means uh, those that are connected to me, I'm trying to put it in a better word. Um, the, those that are close to me, you know, if you actually break the word down, it's a verb, abide. It says to stay, abide, uh, continue, dwell, endure, be present, remain, stand, tarry. In fact, remains probably in some of the translations you get. Remain in me. And I and you. Remain's not a momentary thing. It's not a, I, I get to remain in you for a second and then walk away. It means forever. Abide in me. Abide in me. And me and you. Let me come close to you. Live in me and let me live in you. And as we are together as one, things happen. You're connected to the vine. So this is, that, this is that getting through the storm thing, the proximity thing. It all ties into this. So I was really trying to figure this out. Uh, how I really wanted to attack this whole thing. Uh, and the only thing I could do is I was talking with um, the, the boys yesterday. They were, they were volunteering, so I was talking with them, and I don't know what happened. They were talking about rocks or something. 
Remember that? We were talking about rocks, like five smooth stones. And I asked you, what is that from? And then you told me what it was from. That stuck with me. So we're going to talk about five smooth stones today because of our conversation yesterday, Weston. That was good. I figured you already knew it. Might as well talk about it, right? So we're going to go to 1 Samuel 16, 14 through 18. This is a common, uh, if you haven't been in here, uh, this, this is a, we're going to get into this story in 1 Samuel 16, 17, 18. You've heard it before. You've probably heard it a million times. And all I'm going to ask you to do is listen to it. Because every time, you know, we're not supposed to teach one thing and walk away and never teach it again. There's a repetitiveness to it. There's a, your eyes open up every single time you hear it. We're going to talk about a story about David and Goliath. I'm pretty sure you probably heard that one. So I'm going to ask you to tune in and not tune out. And we're going to walk through this and figure out what he wants to do. And I got to decide if I want to go through my highlighted Bible or what I put in my notes. So we're just going to jump back and forth because I don't have my glasses. No, baby, we're good. I'm going to jump back and forth. I believe in the Holy Ghost. So 1 Samuel 16. So I got, I got to kind of, I guess, give you a backstory into this. And, and Samuel, this is where, uh, this is already after you have um, Saul. So we're dealing with Saul. Uh, we're dealing with David. David's already been anointed, right? Because the Spirit of the Lord has left Saul. And so all this is going on. So I'm going to go back in. It says in 14, it says, Now the Spirit of the Lord have, has left Saul, had left Saul, and the Lord sent a tormenting spirit that filled him with depression and fear. Sounds like a storm. Sounds like his proximity got a little messed up. Sounds like he was no longer close to the one that he needed to be close to. So it says, now the spirit of the Lord had left Saul and the Lord sent a tormenting spirit that filled him with depression and fear. So some of Saul's servants said to him, a tormenting spirit from God is troubling you. Let us find a good musician to play a harp. Whenever the tormenting spirit troubles you, he will play some Place soothing music and you will soon be well again. All right, Saul said, find me someone who plays well and bring him here. This is almost like me saying, hey, Ryan, follow me around. I want to use you every weekend. That's what I feel like this is. I think he's getting advice from the wrong people. And they're like, hey, you're having a hard day. Uh, this spirit's tormenting you. Let's go get somebody to play uh, music for you because you obviously don't know how to worship on your own. So we're going to bring a worship girl with you. So I'm going to take Ryan with me to work. Sarah, whenever we got to do something, just say, hey, guys, let me call Sarah. So if you're having a bad day at work, call Sarah. She's going to come in and sing for y'all. That's what this is. This is Saul dealing with some stuff, going through a storm. His proximity is gone. He has no relationship right now with the one he needs to have a relationship with. And all they can tell him to do is get somebody around you that can worship. That's probably not the answer, but that's what they think would work. So one of the servants said to Saul, one of Jesse's sons from Bethlehem is a talented harp player. Not only that, he is a brave warrior, a man of war, and has good judgment. He is also a fine-looking young man, and the Lord is with him. This is after he's already been anointed as the next king, right? Who is that? <laughs> I love these kids. So this is already, so here you have um, David's already been anointed as, as the next king. 
right? Saul's dealing with some stuff and they're like, hey, we're going to bring you uh, this young man. And they're telling him that this is a brave warrior, a man of war and has good judgment. And he plays the harp. So if you play the harp, you're, we're not picking on you. You're probably a strong man, warrior, good judgment. And I started looking at this and I said, well, if you jump ahead to 17, 1 Samuel 17, this is where you start hearing about Goliath. So I said, well, how much time's in between 1 Samuel 16 and 17? Five years. That's what they believe, about five years. So they say that David was probably 12 to 15 when he was anointed as king. This is five years later. So for five years now, he's been hanging out with the king whenever he needs somebody to play some music and all that stuff. So five years later, so now he's either 17 to, to 20 years old, I guess, in that, in that time frame, when we pick up 1 Samuel 17. I'm gonna get four through 11. I'm not gonna talk through it all. I would love to just read. I just love reading this whole story. I could read it a million times, but it's several pages. So we're gonna jump. We're gonna go to verse four. Uh, and this is where you already have Saul's army went forward. The Philistine army comes forward. They're head to head. They're, they're at battle lines. They're, they're ready to go. And it says, then Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. Let me finish reading, then I'm gonna get into that. Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight? He called, I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. I'm gonna stop there. There's a lot going on. One, this is what we do in life. <laughs> we wanna talk about how big the storm is and not how big our God is. They give you all kinds of information about how big Goliath is. He's huge. He's gigantic. He's not a word about our God. Man, the world will do this all the time. Think about storms. What do they do when you know a storm's coming in? They start naming it. They start, they start giving it like a size. You know, like, this is going to be the biggest storm. This hurricane's coming in. It's going to be the largest storm ever. It's going to devastate the land. And nobody's out there going, do you know my God? Like nobody's saying anything about him. In fact, this is why, because I think, I think Goliath knows something. He says, I, I'm the champion, and you are only servants of Saul. He didn't say you're servants of God. He said, you're a servant of Saul. So good luck. He goes, because I'm bigger than anything Saul could ever do on his own. That's, that's the courage this man has. So he said, choose one man and come down. And if he kills me, then we will, we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. And I defy the armies of Israel today. Say, send me a man who will fight me. And when Saul, when Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Go back. He is still 
in a far proxy. He's not near to God. He's so far away from God, he still has David coming in playing a harp. He's fearful. It's a storm. How many people has his army devastated up to this point? And it's one man. And he's calling him out. He said, sorry, man. Like, you have zero relationship with the one that can save you right now. So I'm going to take you down. And that's what this is all about. He said, I'll take you down. And he's not scared. And that storm causes fear. You see, it said, Saul and Israel, I heard this. They were terrified and deeply shaken. So storms cause fear. So quit naming your storm. What storm's going on in your life that you keep talking about and telling everybody how big it is? Man, we are really good at telling people how bad the storm is. We need to start accepting the fact that we serve a God that is so much stronger and bigger than any situation we're dealing with. We need to start naming him and not the storm. But man, we get so caught up on the storm and it could be health issues, finances, marriage, relationships. What storm is it that is just tearing you up inside and you'll spend more time talking about that than you will talking with him? Proximity. Why do we give storms power in our life? We even had a word spoken during worship. We have the authority. We were given the authority. Take the authority that's been given to you, but that's through proximity. It's through closeness. It's through nearness. It's through relationship with him. That's the only answer to all this. It's the only answer you need. You don't need anything else. That's the answer. If you're going through a storm, get close to him. Hmm. All right, so let's go to keep going. Verse 22 it says, David left his thing. So now David shows up on the scene and he's just happy, right? I see him kind of jogging in with some, with some vittles and stuff for his brothers. And he just, you know, he's excited. He's like, there's a war. I want to go see the war front. And it's awesome. So he shows up and he's not scared of anything. Why? Proximity. He knows his Lord. He knows his father. He knows who he serves. He knows, he knows whose army he's in. He has zero worries about what's happening in his life. And he's young, which tells you that age has nothing to do with it. It's all about how much do you want him. The more you want him, the more he'll give you. He does not stop you from coming close to, to him. You stop yourself from coming close to him. So David comes to the show and leaves his things with the keeper of supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. And as he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. Have you seen the giant? The man asked. He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give that man one of his daughters for a wife and the man's entire family will be exempt from paying taxes. So now we're bribing people to come out and fight our battles. <laughs> you know, that just testifies to how bad he has it. Zero relationship right now. He's struggling. He's ready to pay people to come in and take care of his problems. The harp's not working anymore. Probably never did. He's struggling. So David's getting excited. 
We'll jump. I'm going to keep jumping just because I, I could read the whole thing, but uh, jump to 32. I'm going to read 32 through 51. It says, um, don't worry about this Philistine, David said to Paul. I'll go fight him. How awesome is that? I'm sure, I'm sure Saul was really excited to see this young man wanting to go fight this, this huge giant. He said, don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy and he's been a man of war since his youth. What has he forgotten over five years? His closest people told him, I'm bringing you somebody to play the harp that is a warrior. He told him, he told him how powerful he is. He said, he's a warrior. He's a man of war. And he doesn't even recognize him right here. He's so far gone, he doesn't recognize the one person that's trying to help him for five years. And then my favorite part, but David persisted. Persistent, y'all. David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. And when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. The key to that whole thing is persistence. Because I believe that, that, that when you're going through something, when you're constantly fighting a storm because you are way out of the closeness and the proximity of relationships, it gets old. And you give up. And you walk away. Because you go, nothing's happening. I don't see anything changing. And David's there saying, he's, he's persistent. He says, I'm not leaving. I'm not going to give up. I'm not giving up on this situation. It's not too far gone. Mm. Man, imagine how many people, how close people get to freedom and breakthrough and then they just step away. Man, and they keep dealing with the same stuff over and over again because you're not willing to say, I'm all in and I'm not moving. I don't care. Man, it's freedom. Just on the other side, if we can just make it through that moment, that time where you just go, it's so tough though. I, I, I'm giving up now. It just persistence. Don't give up. Keep going. Mm. I talked to somebody yesterday and had to remind them that they can't give up. They can't give up on a person. You understand that? Like there's some people I know that probably frustrate you that you're related to or you hang around or you work with and you just go, man, I've tried everything and you want to walk away and you want to give up and God's telling you, don't do it. Don't do it. Trust me, I know this. I was there. <laughs> I was that one. I was that one that was, I was the one that needed, needed the help, but I had someone that didn't want to deal with it no more. I'm telling you, don't give up. It's right around the corner. Persistence, stay in it, believe, but it's all about proximity. Right? So if you're going through something and you feel like nothing's happening, you need to start doing what? Get closer. Get closer. Seek him more. Better relationship with him. 
Not with everybody else. You don't have to, you know, I'm not saying go get into another group so you can tell them your problems. I'm telling you, get closer to him. He's the answer. He's the only answer, but he's a true answer. He's a real answer. You might not like the timing of that because <laughs> his timing is not our timing. But man, you can't give up. Don't give up. Man, there's so much that can happen if you don't give up. If David would have gave up, this would have been a whole different story, right? He didn't give up. He says, I'm gonna continue to fight. In fact, I'm gonna go to the king and just keep telling him what I can do. In verse 36, it says, I've done this to both lions and bears and I'll do it again to this pagan Philistine too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. He knows exactly where his strength comes from. He goes, I ain't gonna do it. The Lord who did it before will do it again. He's not caught up in the fact there's another storm. He immediately goes back to, I was in something like this before and the Lord was with me. So he's still with me because I haven't gone anywhere. We know he has never gone anywhere. He is with you every step of the way, every walk of the way. He is beside you. He's with you. Chances are you'll turn your head and walk the other way. Right? He's never leaving you. But he's been through it before and he knows it. Because of his proximity, he knows what's going to happen. So Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said. I said, all right, go ahead, he said, uh, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it and took a step or two to see if he would, uh, what it was like uh, for he had never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. Once again, Saul's like, this is what I would wear. Why would I take advice from somebody who's still stuck in a storm? You might want to go to somebody who knows what they're talking about. He goes, I don't need these things. I didn't need them with anything else. Why do I need them now? Once again, he's like, I'm not fighting the battle. I know someone that is. Hmm. I have to switch to my thing now since my iPad's not working. Go to the next, uh, keep going. What's the next verse? <laughs> so he picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them in his shepherd's bag. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Once again, I want to talk about closeness right there. He didn't fight them from a distance. I mean, technically he did. Technically it was an airstrike. <laughs> but he still had to get close. He didn't walk away from it. He didn't hide from it. He goes, I'm going to it. I'm going to take the battle to the storm. And that's what he did. That's what he did. So he picked up his stones and went. He picked up five. I don't know why. Maybe if he missed. <laughs> if the Lord's doing it, you're not going to miss. But anyway, so there might be a chink in his armor. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Misfire? <laughs> Loaves. For his other brothers. For his, ah, there you go. Come on. 
There you go. I like it. So there you go. So he picks them all up. Next verse. It says, Goliath walked out towards David and his shield bearer ahead of him. Sneering in contempt at his uh, ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Come on. Like, if you can't read that story over and over and over again and be like, woo like I get fired up. I'm like, I get fired. And he didn't do anything. Like, he still hadn't done anything. Like, he's just talking smack. <laughs> he's like, dude, I'm not worried about you. Like, I know who's in my corner. So when a storm comes in your life, do you know who's in your corner? Do you know who's fighting the battle with you? Do you know who's fighting the battle for you? Are you going to talk about the storm or are you going to talk about your God? He even throws that in there. He goes, look, man, you, don't, you, you messed with the wrong person. I mean, it said David was a good-looking man and all that stuff and probably, probably buff and all, but he probably looked like Weston. He's, like, he's nodding. He's like, yes, he did. <laughs> but that's it, you know? So he probably wasn't the scariest guy to look at at that moment in his life. About 20. Not nothing against you. You're probably the tallest kid of your age. <laughs> but that's it. I mean, it's so good. I got to... Um... Sorry, I missed... There it is. Perfect. So we'll go back to this. This is... Uh, so David... Let's see, I want to keep going. Mm... That was my favorite part. I just had to stop at that for a second. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle and he will give you to us. He's already telling everybody, the Lord's gonna give you to us. We're gonna win. This is it. It's just a storm. You're just a storm. Nothing other than that. Your words, they gave you size and they made you look scary but you're just a storm. And my God's bigger than you, so I'm not worried about you. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him, reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and, the, and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. And David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. I always get that picture in my head. I've been hit in the head with stuff before. I've never been hit in the head and fell forward. He was hit in the head with a stone and fell forward, which tells me that the stone didn't take him down. I believe there was just the breath of an angel and the Lord was there and he was like, Whew. 
and he pushed them forward just to prove that what you hit them with wasn't nothing. What I hit them with took them out. Right? That's what happens. The Lord's there. That's just proof right there. Because I don't, I don't know, too many people get hit in the head and not fall backwards. But he falls forward. So persistence. Persistence is continuing to do something in the face of opposition. Are you going to be persistent with your walk no matter what you're facing? Are you, are you willing to go through the storm with your faith and your proximity no matter what's going on and not backing down because you're tired of it, you're worn out. But all you have to do instead of fight that, all you got to do is draw closer to him. It's proximity, right? That's the answer. So draw closer to him. Uh, so Proverbs 4, 25 through 26 says, look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. He says, fix your eyes and keep moving. That's why they do that thing with the racehorses where they put the blinders on their side so they can only look one way. And if you're going forward and you're going full speed ahead, who cares what's going on around you? Right? Who cares? Just keep going. Keep going through it. Believe, have faith in a Lord and a God and your father who loves you and wants to get you through it. Why? Because he's done it before. We forget how much he's done before. I don't understand why we forget that. I don't understand why when something comes up, we go back to this is almost like something new. <laughs> he's been there before. Let's go back and remember what he's done before. And that'll get you through what you're fixing to go through. Isaiah 40, 31. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Who? Those who trust in the Lord. Once again, how's your relationship with them? Ah. So your priority sometimes determines your proximity. I believe that. I think there's things in your life. And I think as we go into this season we're in right now, kids going back to school, right? Some parents going back to work because we have parents that are teachers and they've been off for the summertime. Now they're walking back into that. Um, whatever season you're in in your life, there's a lot going on. And what you prioritize in your life right now, <laughs> you will draw near to. And you can't forget where your strength comes from. You've been walking through some stuff, right? And now you're going to start to do other things. Look, I, I, let's just talk to the kids. I mean, these kids are back into school. So now, now, now you're thinking as a parent, we got homework, we got this, we got sports, we got all this stuff. Everything's going on. We don't have time to get our kid there on Wednesday now. That's what happens. We, Sunday's our only rest day. We're just going to stay home because, man, it was a busy, busy. We had Friday night lights and then Saturday night football. And so we're just going to hang out at home on Sunday. Proximity, closeness, priorities. There's going to be storms coming. All these things come with storms. All these are little storms in your life. That's all they are, little tiny storms. Right? But how are you going to handle them? How are we going to walk through them? Everywhere you look in the Bible, Jesus shows up on the scene and he's healing people through proximity. 
The woman at the well, he was standing right next to her. The woman caught in adultery, she was at his feet. Proximity. They weren't getting healed anywhere else. It was all in a closeness with him, a closeness. Think about it. The woman with the issue of blood, she sought him out. <laughs> the blind man. Come on, they're just <laughs> read the stories. There's, there's a couple stories in there you'll read where, yeah, Jesus said they're healed because of your faith. But most of them, there's a closeness. Most of them shows you proximity and nearness and space and relationship. People had to trust that the closer I get to you, the better my situation's gonna get. And it might not look that way right off the bat. But don't grow weary, don't grow tired. He's doing good things. So what's your storm? I'll get transparent with you. We were up in Gatston and we went, man, we went to that service and I was just wanting, we just wanted to love on them, man. We just wanted to show up and be part of their family. And we had a phenomenal service. And then Blake gets up at the end and he's just, man, we're just laying hands on people. And we're just, he asked me to go around and pray for people. And we're just praying. And at the very end, he just stops and he goes, all right, Lord. He goes, Somebody in here for the last 15 years has been dealing with guilt and God says, let it go. And that's not the first time I heard that because I got some amazing elders in here. But man, it hit me, hit me in the heart because that's something that can pop up at any moment. Like storms just pop up. You know, there's some storms they can't tell you they're coming. But man, there's stuff that happens in your life that, that sometimes you just go, man, but then you start seeing the fruit of it and everything. But then the enemy is really close to try to say, hey, remember, remember, remember. Man, I was struggling with that. I was dealing with that. It's been a busy last couple months for us. And man, when he said that, I was just, I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, thank you, Lord, for bringing me to a place that I didn't plan on being and speaking through somebody. Just remind me that storms are just storms, man. You've been through them. And you don't need to deal with guilt because he paid the price for all that. You don't need to deal with shame because he paid the price for all that. You don't have to deal with any of that stuff because he paid the price for all that. But man, it can catch the best. It'll catch you. It'll catch you. Proximity. It just took me right back to a spot where I was just like, Lord, you are so good. And I just had to go up and hug him because I said, you need confirmation on this one and share my story. Because he doesn't, you know, we didn't know each other that way. We, we know him, but we didn't know him like that. So guilt, knowing you did something wrong. Conviction. Then understanding that the, God's grace is bigger than your guilt. And his grace will cover everything. And doesn't stop just because he took care of it once. He says, every time that thing tries to boil up inside of you, I got it. Trust me with it. Trust me with it. I got it. I got it. I got it. And that's what he was telling me. And in Psalms 32, it says, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. Come on. And it just, whew, there's a freedom in that. 
but man, it is just such a good lesson that God wanted to teach me about that, that he was like, man, quit trying to do this on your own. You can walk this stuff out. I've already taken care of it. Get it off your mind. We've all done stuff we probably aren't happy about. <laughs> We've all done some things in our life we just ain't happy about. And the Lord said, I already forgave you. Quit bringing it up. I don't need to hear about it anymore. I've forgiven you. I've taken care of this. But if you don't think of it that way, it's just a little storm that creeps in and you think, well, I'll just take care. I just, I just, you know, I just got to do something about it or I'm going to let it bother me and I'm just going to hold on to it and I'm not going to talk to anybody about it and everything's going to be good. And it doesn't work that way. Sometimes we just got to trust in the Lord and, and, and give it to him. Because uh, the enemy, man, he can get it to you easy that way. He's always prowling around. He's always walking around. He's always trying to find some way to get in. And when it's about you, oh man, he knows everything about you. <laughs> He'll say, remember this time? 30 years ago, remember that time you did that one thing 30 years ago? And you'll go, oh, yeah, I remember that time. Why you got to bring it up? That's all he's trying to do is get you off. He's trying, to, he's trying to put a, he's trying to separate you. So he's trying to come between the sensor and the Lord. He's trying to come between that, the, the door and the gap, you know, where, where the sensor is on your door for security and that little magnetic thing, there's a gap in there. And all he's trying to do the enemy's just trying to come in there and, and, and put a piece of grease or tape or anything in between there so they can't pick each other up. So you lose connection. It's all he's trying to do. We used to get that problem on planes all the time. They would land. They'd be like, hey, man, we had a landing gear fault. And I'd go out there and there'd be grease on the sensor. And you just wipe it off and everything works good. It just couldn't pick up the contact. So what stuff has the enemy put inside of you? What stuff has the enemy spoken to you that's just putting a little grease on the sensor? So it's, just, it's just a reminder that maybe you've done something wrong one time and, and even though you're healed and whole and he loves you, that, that it still boils up in the back of your mind that you could have done something completely different, but you didn't. He wants to heal that. He wants to take care of it. You're not supposed to carry that. That's not for us. That's for him. So there's gotta be freedom in that. Mm. So that guilt draws a barrier between you and God. And guess what? If you don't stop, that guilt will cause you to quit. It'll cause you to quit. It'll cause you to walk away from whatever it is God's trying to do in your life. Because instead of taking it to the one that can fix it, you just try to do your own thing and it'll wear you out. Mm. So I want to read from Hebrews 10. 19 through 22, and then we'll wrap it up. 19, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and, and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty conscience has been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Man, come on. I swore we were talking about this in kingdom class, which is really good because I start to understand why God does what he does. And he starts bringing everything together and he says, you need to talk about this because I was really hesitant about this part this morning. I was like, Lord, you put it on my heart. I don't know if it's really on my heart. Then I go to kingdom class and I'm like, well, it is on my heart. And you just verify that people need to hear this that we have been washed 
with pure water. So my storm was guilt. What's yours? What's your storm? What are you going through? <clears throat> Could be anything, but I know we got people in here going through some stuff. And let's quit naming the storm. Let's quit talking about the storm and let's start talking about him. Let's start describing him and not the storm. Let's start believing in him and not in the storm. Mm. Our proximity to him matters. It really does. Don't let anything get between you and him. So I want to give you an opportunity this morning. Can we just get some music? Can we play something? Anybody? Let's take the tall, handsome, striking young lad. I just think we got time to minister this morning. We got time for God to come in and do some amazing stuff in your heart. And I believe that, that you guys walked in here with some storms. There's a storm going on. Whatever it is, how big, how small, it doesn't matter. You came in here with it and God says, give it to me. While you're here, give it to me. Don't walk out of here with what you came in here with. He said, just give it to me. And we got a family here that will love you through it. It doesn't matter what that storm is. It could be anything. Anything from, from the finances to relationships to health, whatever the storm is, guilt, shame, man, addiction, whatever it is, whatever you've been dealing with, loss, Love, mm. abandonment. Whatever the storm is, he said, don't take it out of here. Man, I'm feeling this now, man. I feel it in my gut. Whew. I want to pray with you this morning. We really do. I want our prayer team. Man, I just I want our prayer team ready. So get prepared. Come on up here. Go, I don't care. We can go to the cross. I don't care, Jeff. Just, yeah, now. Mm. Mm. Sonny, Eric, you guys, come on up. Guys, we're going to have prayer team members all around this church. Mm. This is not a time to go, well, I don't want, you know, I can't talk about it. Uh, I don't know who to talk to. We have people here. Let us pray for you. Let us love on you. Man, don't walk out of here the same way you came in. If it's the smallest little thing, get rid of it. Because if you hang on to the small thing, it'll turn into a big thing. Man. Ah, she's here. Ah. So just stay on your feet. Look, I'm a pretty... I, I consider myself pretty strong. I consider myself, my walk really good. And I tell you what, a storm snuck up on me. So this is not a challenge about your faith. This is not a challenge about your walk. This is just, there's storms and they just happen. But there's freedom in this because you can let that go. Man, I had a group of people pray over me up there in Gaston and man, the love of God saturated me. Man, and it clears you up. So let us do that today. Let us pray over you today. So I'm just gonna start praying. 
And all I'm asking is that you got to have courage enough. Look, you can hang on to it if you want, but you got to have courage enough to just walk up and talk to somebody. Oh, a lot of this is just coming, talking, getting it off your chest. There's, there's something about saying something. <laughs> there's freedom in telling somebody something. There's freedom in getting something off your chest and you're not hanging on to it anymore. All right. So we want to pray for you. Uh, so we're going to go into that. We're going to have some music playing up here. Uh, we're going to pray for you. Um, man. So if that's for you, um, as I start praying, that's the time to come forward and, and just let somebody. We have them all around the room, guys. So they're, they're all around the room. Uh, we just want to pray for you and, and get you through this and help you out. Let you remind you who, who your God is and how much he loves you. And you don't have to carry what you're carrying. And I don't know where it's going to go from there. So I'll just say this. I love y'all. And if you need to leave, then be blessed. And we'll see you next week. Um, if you want to stay around and you need prayer, stay around and, and get some prayer. But man, I know God's doing something amazing in us. And the enemy will try anything to stop us from doing that. And if he can get you to quit doing what he's wanting you to do, man, he's winning. And he'll do anything he can to get you to stop believing in what he told you, to stop believing in the promises. He'll do it all. He'll stop you. He'll try. And you're part of this family. And this family's going somewhere, y'all. God's going to do something amazing through us. And the enemy's trying to stop it. So we're just going to, man, we got we to take charge right now. We got to take it to the enemy. Let's take the fight to the enemy today. Don't let him continue to do what he's doing in you. So Father... Right now, oh, we just love you. <laughs> right now, Lord, I just, man, I lift up every heart in this room. Lord, I pray right now for courage, for people to come forward. Lord, if they need prayer, now's the time you can come forward, find somebody, get prayer. Don't do this on your own. But Father, I know you're going to touch them where they're at. You're going to prick them where they're at. Father, because you want them healed and you want them whole. So, Father, I ask you to do that right now, Lord. Just give them courage to come forward. Give them courage, Lord, to get the help they need. Get them courage to, uh, to allow you back in to take control over what you want to do. Mm. Father, we just surrender it to you. We know you can heal all things. You can do all things. Hmm. Father, you can restore all things. Man, Father, you can heal all things. Lord, I just see it right now. People being healed right now. That, that thing that the doctor told you, that's not a thing. Come let us pray over that. That's just the enemy tactic for fear in your life. Come on, Father. Ah, oh, continue to move in this house. Continue to do what you want to do. Ryan, can we just play something? Yeah, let's go back into some worship. Let's just go back into worship. I just feel like we need some worship right now. Let's just, man, let's just do this thing. Oh, I don't know. I saw a vision during worship this morning. And I was getting fired up because, man, I saw angels in the background ready to war, ready to go. But, man, I felt they were disappointed. I felt they were disappointed because they were looking at us going, come on. Like, we're here. 
Quit doing it on your own. Let us come in and do what we want to do. Man, that's what I saw this morning. And I was like, ah, but he, I know he wanted me to hold it till now. Oh, man, they're behind us. They got us. He has you, but you got to take that step. He can't take the step for you. You have to take the step. So let's go into something, whatever you want to play. Let's worship a bit. If you need prayer, we're going to be up here. Come on. Mm, we just love you, Lord. Yeah. 